0: Eye to Eye Sports. This is Dorm Room Sports Talk.
1: Yo, what is up? Eye to Eye Sports, Dorm Room Sports Talk. We are back for another season. Yes, we came back. We didn't want to. Ah, we're just kidding. We did want to. We're ready to roll. roll. (laughs) Some of us didn't want to. Not me, of course, because I love what we do here. Um, But yeah,
2: we're in for a good season. So, Tristan, what's on the board for today? All right, today we got... The MLB and the NFL, we're going to be talking about. The NBA, guys, sorry. It's it's not time yet. Uh, so for the MLB, we're going to be talking about the Red Sox' chances of winning the World Series and whether or not they really are the best team uh, in the in Major League Baseball. Um, then we're going to talk about which team's going to come out of the AL and NL. And also, DeGrom or Scherzer? Cy Young. big question there, personally. I don't really think it's a question, but... Um, People may think otherwise. Also, we're going to talk about the wild card race, and can any dark horses out of the NL or AL potentially make a run with the time that we have left in the season? Then we're going to kick it over to the NFL. We're going to talk about Baker Mayfield. Should he get the start over to Rod Taylor? Also, is Jason Garrett on the hot seat after a disappointing week one for the Cowboys? And Le'Veon, does Steelers really need you after James Conner's performance last week? Also, Nick Heilman, a.k.a. Sam Darnold. What do you make of his week one performance doesn't say anything about him. And maybe any surprise NFL teams that'll do well this year. So let's kick it off, guys. The Red Sox just won their 101st game last night against the Blue Jays. This team, the best record in baseball. What what do you give them for shot of actually coming through, pulling through, and winning the World Series? I think it's high. I think they have a high chance. Red Sox fans love to panic. They love to
0: find the one small thing wrong with their team and dwell on it and worry about it. And this team is by far, this year, the best team in baseball. And, yeah, they could lose. Teams lose all the time. But right now, of everyone in the league, they have the highest chance.
3: The Red Sox are going to struggle in the playoffs because they have absolutely no bullpen. They have guys that should not... Should not be in the bullpen. Steven Wright is. Sorry, not good. He's a knuckleballer. He's going to be giving up long home runs in the playoffs. There is no reason to believe the Red Sox will survive the sprint that is October baseball.
4: I, I am somewhere in between. I think that Tyler is absolutely panicking. I think that Dylan is a little bit too optimistic. There's no doubt that they're the best team in baseball, as evidenced by the fact that they have the best record by quite some distance. However... I'm not confident about any team going into October, as I never am. That's a completely different sport that's being played. You are more reliable on your bullpen, which, again, as Tyler said, it's not great right now, um, and it won't improve, obviously. Um, but it's not like any other team really in contention right now has the has any legendary bullpens like we've seen in the last, uh, last couple years there, namely the Cubs and the Indians in 2016. Um, so... You know, do I have confidence that they'll win the World Series? No, but I mean, I don't think that they're just gonna completely collapse like uh, like some people are saying. But do they have the highest chance? Yeah, I yeah, mean, that's the question. That's they, why how I feel. Yeah, they have the highest chance because you know, through uh, what is it, one hundred forty-seven games, they have the best record. I
1: mean, that's that's the only barometer we can go by. The tough thing about baseball is that the best team usually doesn't always win. In the NBA, when you have constant seven-game series. Usually, usually, the best team will always win. It's tough um, and in the MLB when there's only five-game series, so you, you can get bounced the first round if, if your pitching doesn't, doesn't pull through. I like the Red Sox' chances, but we've seen this
2: story before the last two years where we think they're going to go somewhere and they end up not. So, Well, one thing I would say about the Red Sox this year and their record is that the Red Sox are doing what they're supposed to do in terms of winning games. They're beating teams that they're supposed to beat. They're beating the Orioles. They're beating the Blue Jays. They're beating teams that are worse than them. But when it comes to teams like the Astros and the Indians, like the Red Sox split with the Indians after losing the first two, and it was like everyone here was like, yeah, it's great. Like we we split with the Indians. But, like, you have to win those series in the playoffs. And, like, the Astros series we just saw, from what I saw, the, the Astros completely outplayed the Red Sox and – they just barely pulled out that last game in the series. So to me, that's worrying when you go up against these better teams with stacked lineups and stacked pitching, and you know, you're know you happy with the split against the Indians. like They're winning games that they're supposed to win, and that's why their record is so good. And that's something that's very hard to do in, in a long, long season, that is the MLB. But again, the Red Sox, can they beat those teams in crunch time? I don't know. We'll have to see.
3: Part of the problem is, Tim mentioned no team has a really good bullpen, but other teams have really good starting pitching. Price does not perform well in the playoffs. Not saying he won't this year, but that's his history. Chris Sale is coming off of an injury. Even if you get those two guys, they have nobody. Porcello has struggled. Eduardo Rodriguez has been better, but the Indians, they've got Kluber and Bauer. Astros, Verlander, Cole, they've got two really good guys, and the Red Sox are going to struggle.
4: Uh, one last thing that I want to add before we move on there, Tyler. The Red Sox starting pitching, I mean, they, they've taken steps to, to better their starting pitching. So Chris Sale has struggled in the playoffs. I'm not even convinced he was fully hurt, to be honest, not to sound like a conspiracy theorist. I think they're just trying to get him some rest <laughs> so that he's uh, a little bit healthier and uh, stronger going into the final month of the season there. And David Price, he is the best ERA since the All-Star break. I mean he has been absolutely on fire. I see no reason not to
2: believe that that won't continue into the division series and beyond. All right, so let's move on now. Let's talk about the NL. The NL a little bit tighter race than the AL um, right now. Who's is, what is the team that beat in the National League this this uh, going into October? Well, I mean, the two
4: teams with the best records right now are currently jockeying for the, the NL Central right now, which is the Cubs and the Brewers, all right? The Brewers had a pretty firm lead, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the season and have kind of fallen apart, haven't been too uh, too great down the stretch there. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think that either of those teams really can, uh, can, you know, make it out of a one-game playoff and then, uh, you know, win a division series and beyond. So... I don't know, um, and obviously the way that it's set up, they would have to play each other, and that would be back and forth, back and forth, well-fought series. I think that the Braves are also too young. Um, They probably won't do anything this year, but next year once those guys develop, they'll be better. So that leaves one division, which is the NL West, still up for grabs, but I'm going to go with Colorado as the team to beat right now. Nolan Arenado has been cold. He has a 2.20 ERA in his last 15 games, but in his last 7, he's had about 300. Once he starts heating up, he makes that team unstoppable. The combination of him and Trevor Story, who can launch 500-foot bombs.
1: Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman, unbelievable <clears throat> lineup that they have there and uh yeah, they're going to be fun to watch. I think coming out of the NL NL this year, it's going to be a feel-good story. I don't think if the Dodgers get in, if the Cardinals get in, uh, they're right now on the fence. I don't think they're, they're going to perform. I, I think it's the year of a, a feel-good story, maybe in Atlanta, maybe in Milwaukee, Colorado, like, like Tim said. But um, Cubs, I don't see it. Cardinals, Dodgers, I don't see it. I, I believe in Milwaukee. I like their lineup a lot. I also agree with Tim. I think these, these heavy-hitting lineups like Colorado and Milwaukee – even even Atlanta. Uh, I, I like to see – I believe one of these teams is, is going to pull through.
3: The thing about the, the NL race is it's wide open. I would say the Cubs have to be the favorite because they're playoff proven. They've got guys who perform well in the playoffs. John Lester is as good as a playoff pitcher as anybody. But I agree with Johnny. Milwaukee is good. The Rockies are good. Atlanta is good. There's just no guess on who's coming out of the NL.
0: I – I kind of think it's a little bit irrelevant. I don't see any NL team beating whoever comes out of the AL. The AL right now is so strong, and the NL, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased in my views, but the Astros have 92 wins right now. The Yankees have 90 wins. No one in the NL has more than 85 wins. Well,
1: I disagree with that. I just think the NL is better overall, so teams can beat up on each other a little more. I feel like
4: interleague play, the AL beat up on them quite a bit also the All-Star game, um, and the fact that the NL, basically you're facing one less hitter every game, which is the pitcher's
2: spot. It's an automatic out, but whatever. Well, what, what I would say about the AL-NL is you, in the AL, you just have some really strong teams. It's not necessarily that the American League is worse. You just have the Red Sox, who are having an incredible season, the Yankees, who are also having a great season, and the Astros. Like, these three teams in the AL are some of the best that we've seen in a while like coming out of the NL in terms of their lineup and pitching putting it all together like these teams like the Red Sox all these guys have been developed the Astros all these guys have been developed and coming along so it's just this time for the AL where they have really really strong teams and for the NL it's not necessarily that they're they're weaker i it's just they're not as star studded like in terms of their in terms of their players, like a J.D. Martinez, who can go get you 40 and 120, or like an Aaron Judge or a Stanton. Like, there's none of those guys in the NL. But for me, I would I'm I agree with Tyler. I'm going to see the Cubs coming out of the NL just because of their experience and where they're at right now.
3: Just want to make a point. Milwaukee went all in in the offseason getting Kane and Yelich trade deadline. They got Moustakis in scope. They are all in, and this is their time to try and win a World Series.
2: Exactly. All right, so let's move on to, we're going to stay here in the NL. So we have Jake DeGrom, who has been an absolute stud this year, but the problem is he's on Tim's Mets, so therefore he doesn't have a great record. And then you have Max Scherzer, who's probably been the best pitcher in baseball for the last five years. Um, So for the Cy Young this year, who do you guys take, DeGrom or Scherzer? Because you got numbers with DeGrom, but you got wins and numbers with Scherzer. I mean, I don't know. It, it depends on
4: what numbers you're talking about yeah. here. Scherzer's ERA is so much higher. It's like .6 higher than uh, DeGrom's. Obviously, he has more strikeouts, but, I mean, I kind of have a hot take on that. You know, I don't really care how you get the people out as long as you do. Um, and then wins, I mean, if you put uh, Jacob DeGrom on literally any other team, he would have significantly more wins. I can't tell yeah. you how many one nothing games the Mets lost. How many games uh, that he left when there were ties going on, and I mean it's it's absolutely incredibly frustrating that this guy had one of the greatest years that I don't know in in recent memory at least. I mean his ERA is better than when Clayton Kershaw won the side uh, won the Most Valuable Player. Um, it's it's incredibly frustrating that this guy had such an amazing year and the Mets just threw it away because they refused to build around it. It's. It's mind-boggling, and I think that the choice is obviously DeGrom, but I don't know. I agree that it should be
0: DeGrom, but I don't think he's going to get it. I I, feel like they always, regardless of what happens, go to the most winning pitcher.
3: Cy Young is the best pitcher in the National League. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in the National League. Wins for a team matter, but wins for a pitcher are almost irrelevant. It's not really a relevant stat. It's just how good your team does. If you're pitching with a 1.71 ERA – you've had the best season, you deserve the Cy Young. It's an individual award, not a team award.
1: And on top of that, the Nationals are just as junk this year as as the Mets. I mean, they haven't been good, they haven't lived up to their potential with all this star-studded lineup that people always talk about with Harper, Scherzer, and they really went nowhere this year. So I agree, DeGrom was the better pitcher this year. I believe he deserves the award. I don't know if he'll get it, but he definitely deserves it. He's been unstoppable when he's on the mound. And a quick little
4: uh, tangent to run on here. People are going to say that Churzer deserves it due to his higher war. I think that war and a lot of the sabermetric stats are the dumbest things ever. I mean, a lot of people cite this but have no way to calculate it. I mean, most people don't even know that there are two different uh, statistics for war, one by fan graphs and one by baseball reference, that typically differ. If you can't agree on one single way to calculate it, maybe we shouldn't be
2: using it as a legitimate statistic. Well, well, my my take on this whole thing is, is honestly, like it's hard to deny Degrom, but I think that Scherzer's like tenure and the fact that he has been so good for so long and so dominant, like might give him the edge in the Cy Young race just among voters, and you're going to have people that are going to hold DeGrom to the 8 and 9, which is absolutely ridiculous. I completely disagree with that. The dude's got an ERA under 2. Um, but, again, like, if you look at Scherzer, like, again, he's got more innings pitched. He's got more strikeouts. So you could argue this dude's more dominant in terms of going the distance and uh, finishing out games rather than DeGrom. Um, all right, let's 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 move on now. So let's talk about the wild card spots real quickly So in the AL right now, you got the Yanks and the Athletics. You guys think that's going to hold? And in the NL, it's pretty much wide open. I think that's going to hold, but I think that there's going to be a swap. Hot take. I think that
4: the Astros... uh, Excuse me. The Athletics will be the home team, and the Yankees will be the road team. Really? Wild card game, yeah. The Athletics have been red hot, and they have a pretty easy schedule. I believe they're playing the Orioles right now, or just played them. And uh, the Yankees have been tumbling. The NL, I mean... St. Louis, they're pretty much always there, so I'll keep them there. And uh, I think that Milwaukee will not overtake the Cubs.
3: we got to talk about the Oakland Athletics. They have absolutely nobody. They have guys that nobody's ever heard of. Mike Fires is now their number one pitcher. They, you know, Bob Melvin deserves manager of the year. He should probably go into the Hall of Fame because the team they're working with should be nowhere near a playoff spot.
2: I completely agree with that. I saw the A's as a huge surprise this year. I saw they're coming nowhere near the playoffs. And here they are right in it again. But, oh God, the A's, they're, they're such an annoying team because they're they are in it. Like, they'll be back in it every, like, few years, and everyone will be rooting for them, and they're just going to lose again. Um, but I, I still think that the Yankees will be the home team. I don't think they're going to blow it. Um, they're the Yankees. They somehow usually find a way to hold on to the spot. Um, So I see the Yankees there, and I'm going to go with Tim with the the Cardinals um, coming out of the wild card in the NL. I think a lot of people will jump on Oakland's bandwagon.
1: I think that'll help them to their advantage. A lot of people want to see New York suffer. Uh, Nick, I'm sorry, but we just do. Uh, Everybody does. We want to see the Yankees lose. So I'm going with Oakland, and I don't – I don't know. The NL is going to be tough. It's it's a tough race right now in the wild card, but um, I guess I like St. Louis' chances.
2: All right. Okay, so let's move on to the NFL now. So week one just finished up last night. Bengals um, hung on and beat the Ravens. Week two is going to get underway. So the Browns, they tied in the most Browns way possible. Um, Tyrod Taylor started that game, played the whole game. What do you think about Baker Mayfield? I think Baker Mayfield should get the start this week. Look, he can't—he's not going to be worse than Tyrod Taylor. You want to get this guy time? He's not horrible, Baker Mayfield. He's not like horrible like like Kaiser and all these guys you've had before. So. Should Mayfield get the start this week or at some point in the season eventually?
5: Well, eventually he's definitely going to start. You don't take someone first overall and not start them. But I totally agree. It should be as soon as possible. Tyrod Taylor has been nothing but average his whole career. Um, He really blew the game against the Steelers with that underthrown pick towards Josh Gordon. They were in field goal range. Um, I just think... I know that this isn't the point. The Browns are not even close to winning a Super Bowl, but... No team is ever going to win a Super Bowl with Tyrod Taylor. I think no. it just makes more sense right now to, to put Baker Mayfield in because I think he's the type of player that will learn from making big plays and mistakes on the field rather than off of it.
0: I can't tell you how many times I've heard, Baker's better, but Tyrod, you've got to give him the start. He deserves it. Why? What does that even mean? Yeah, that like, makes no sense. The better player should play. You're like, you, have good receiver core. you have a good receiver core. You have a chance to win a game this year. Why don't you go for it and go all in and try to win one game?
5: Right.
4: I, I think that Cleveland has a, a bit of a bad experience with rookie quarterbacks, and they're a little bit cautious yeah. to just throw them out to the dogs. Coming to mind is Kaiser, Manziel, these people that... You Kaiser know, is not
1: Mayfield, not even close. But but people Every thought, that, not even people thought
4: th- that they would be great, uh, that they would be at least good, and then they just weren't. So I think that they're trying to take their time, make sure that he's ready before they... They send him
1: out in front of the in front of the world. If you have Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry lining up together, and, and you have a, a below game manager throwing them the football that is a disgrace. You get a guy that can make the throws, that's not afraid. Baker Mayfield reminds me of Eli Manning. He's not afraid, he won't be afraid. And I think I think you need someone like that when you have
2: Josh Gordon. Outside and Jarvis Landry coming in the no, so so Baker Mayfield reminds you a guy that's gonna throw twenty picks a season. Yeah. Uh, I mean I don't know like is that a good? Thing? He remind I think
1: he reminds me more of a, of a playoff Eli. You I mean the mentality? The man, yeah, yeah okay. exactly yeah. the not, mentality.
2: Not
3: sure I buy the comparison. Baker Mayfield will start at some point this season, but Hugh Jackson needs to be fired. That man is awful. <laughs> I mean why are you throwing the ball when you have a game winning field goal? You are an offensive minded coach. You know you have a bad quarterback. Stop throwing the ball.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I'm
2: shocked he hasn't been fired. I mean,
1: the man he didn't, was win okay, so yeah, he didn't win a, win a game. Okay, so thirty-one and one. Yeah. So, so here's what I
2: here's won. what I will say on Tyrod Taylor's part. He's a solid quarterback. Like, if the Browns' goal is to like win a game this year, like I think Tyrod Taylor can get you a game at some point. He like, is like he's been able to get the Bills like games like to win. So, like if you're the Browns, like. Maybe let Mayfield sit back a little bit. Get some wins so your team doesn't completely hate you. Get some wins with Tyrod Taylor. Give Mayfield some time to sit back and watch. And then maybe next year, end of the season when they're out of it, bring him in and let him play. That's the To me, that's the only reason that they're not starting Baker Mayfield.
3: If you're a Browns fan, you can sit back, put your feet up. You already improved on last year's record. This is your best start since 2004. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably the best you're going to be for the rest of the year, so enjoy he, it.
1: Tyrod Taylor, at best, is a poor man's Alex Smith, and even at that, um. The, this this team has talent. They have talent. They get Denzel Ward on defense. They drafted him. He looked great their first game. They have Gordon and Landry. Just put someone in there that can actually give you a chance. And that's not Tyrod. He's going to just keep games close. And that's why they didn't and, win against the
5: Steelers. And let's not forget he got benched for uh, Peterman last year.
2: Right. Okay. Right. We know how well Stop. that worked out. The Bills are just <laughs> dumb. The Bills Peterman? are flat-out dumb. dumb. Peterman, Peterman is, should be on the streets. He's got to be the worst quarterback. Please. He should be on the streets. Like He's got to be the no, worst. But
5: I agree with Johnny. The Browns, it's a new team. It's a new culture. That's why I don't think it's going to be the same result um, as they've you know, they've had with previous rookie quarterbacks. And also, Baker's just better than any rookie quarterback that they've drafted.
2: Absolutely. I agree. I just think
5: overall I agree. as a talent. All let
2: right, right. Let's, let's talk about... The Cowboys. So they had a very, very disappointing showing week one against the Panthers. I believe they put up eight points. And I think it's time to start thinking about firing Jason Garrett if you're the Cowboys, because this man has done nothing since you've brought him in. He was all hailed by Jerry Jones. He's like, huh, here he comes. We're going to win. We're going to beat the eight and eight mark. They go 14 and two with Dak, whatever. Haven't done anything since. Is it time for Jason Garrett to go?
5: I think he's been on the hot seat for a long, long time. I mean, the two seasons that he was great in, uh, 2014, 12-4, he had uh, Tony Romo playing at an MVP level, and then in 2016, 13-3, Prescott playing at an MVP level. Uh, If you need your quarterback to be playing at an MVP level in order for your team to be competitive, uh, there's obviously a reason to believe that they might be better off with someone else, considering, I mean, he's had to deal with injuries, but every team has. Every coach has 2011 eight and eight, 2012 eight and eight, 2013 eight and eight, 2015 four and twelve. Last year nine and seven. Um, the Cowboys are also notorious for having players uh, that seem to get into trouble off the field, and some of that blame has to be shouldered by Jason Garrett. He has to keep his players in check, um, and then also the whole Des Bryant situation. Des Bryant is a talented wide receiver. I think you know you put him with the right head coach like a Belichick. Like an Andy Reid, like a Sean Payton, I think he'll thrive. I just don't think Jason Garrett is ever gonna, you know, reach that that pinnacle.
3: I think there's this part needs to be on Jerry Jones. The guy is the general manager of the team, and his offense has nobody. It's Dak and Elliott, and they have no receivers. You want Dak to be a good quarterback, you got to get him someone to throw the ball. Cutting Des Bryant was not a good move, and you know, there's just no reason for Jerry Jones to still be the general manager of that team.
1: I- I- Ooh, yeah, go, Dylan.
0: Honestly, I think the problem is more Dak. But I hate Dak, and I always have. So that's just how I feel. That year they were making a playoff run, I was so hoping that they'd go back to Tony Romo, the guy that's been there that is actually a good quarterback. Dak Prescott that first year just hit behind that awesome offensive line. And ever since then, when he's had to prove
1: himself, he's been terrible. They hit their wagons, the wrong guy. They built this team on one thing, the offensive line. Frederick is hurt. Um... The line is, is in shambles. They have a rookie starting at, I think it's uh, left guard, and it's not the same at all. So they, they relied too much on the running game, and I believe uh, Zeke only had about 17 carries. If you want to win, you got to give him a lot more than that. I know that uh, this, this team wants to run, and the offensive line isn't what it should be, but you got to rely on Zeke. Also, their receiving core, when Cole Beasley's your best receiver, <laughs> it's gonna be tough to to find open guys. So yeah.
5: and, they, and they, I mean, such an important part of being a head coach is halftime adjustments. And I've, I've, I feel like I've never seen the Cowboys come out of halftime with a different game plan. It's always just, you know, pound the ball, quick, quick short passes. Um, and I just think Jason Garrett goes into games with these game plans in mind, and he. Just doesn't change them.
2: I haven't seen anything like flattering from Jason Garrett, right. like ever in his entire. Like nothing he's, exciting. He's like the most mediocre coach ever. And at some point, you have to move on from that if you're not going to be successful. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about the Steelers. So Le'Veon Bell did not play Week One. Connor came in, absolutely balled out. Now they tied the Browns, which is not great. But Connor's was pro- you could argue as effective as Bell was in Bell's previous seasons can Connors continue this and will the Steelers even need Le'Veon to come back if Connors can continue
5: um I think Le'Veon Bell is a special talent he has, you know with his unique running style he's the best pass catcher um out of the backfield in the league right now arguably the best running back but you cannot argue with production James Connor came out and balled he, he looked great I think the problem that the Steelers have is Ben Roethlisberger I think he needs to go He turns over the ball way too often, constantly plays down to his competition. I think they need to really start to focus in on the quarterback position uh, before they, you know, get into Le'Veon versus James Conner.
1: I couldn't agree more with you, Nick. I I don't think that offensive line is very good. They made D'Angelo Williams look like Adrian Peterson, uh, what was it, two years ago when when he subbed in. And I totally agree. That Ben Roethlisberger, he doesn't look focused. He doesn't look like the same guy. Um, I think the the new Ben Roethlisberger is going to be your boy Sam Darnold. I no, think he'll be
5: better than Ben Roethlisberger. I think
1: that he he kind of has a Ben Roethlisberger feel to him. Big strong guy, but we'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Nick. I, I think it's not really their running back. It's it's uh, Ben Roethlisberger.
3: I mean, you guys are both right. Roethlisberger, we hear Max Kellerman talk about Tom Brady's cliff. This is Ben Roethlisberger's cliff. Oh, absolutely. Five turnovers against the Browns. And they were I mean, bad turnovers. Yeah, I mean, he's throwing, under-throwing receivers, overthrowing receivers, doing everything but hitting the receivers in the hands. Ben is going to struggle the rest of the year. And as far as Le'Veon and James Conner goes, James Conner had a good week. He's not Le'Veon Bell. Uh, well that,
1: absolutely.
0: You'd always rather have Le'Veon Bell than not have Le'Veon Bell. But I think the Steelers are just starting to look smart right now, that they didn't give him his huge paycheck, and that they're letting him kind of just abandon them because they showed, like, all right, like go do your thing. We're going to prove to the rest of the league that maybe you're not that valuable. And it's kind of, I think that so far... Or it's been one week, but so far Bell has looked like kind of a chump yeah. sitting out.
2: I, yeah. I think you, if, if you're the Steelers, you ride the James Conner wave, I think, as long as you can if Le'Veon's not going to come back, unless you, as you should pay him. But um, I, I honestly think the Steelers are fine with Le'Veon just sitting out. Conners can prove he's effective behind that line and out of the backfield at the same time. So, honestly, I'm all for Connors the rest of the way. All right, so let's talk about... Uh, Knicks boy, Sam Darnold, um, had a pretty good performance week one after the uh, first pass of the game was a pick six. Um, But to me... This showed me nothing. I still, I'm still not convinced on anything from Sam Darnold. What do you guys think?
5: I disagree. Um, I think the Giants and the Browns are probably kicking themselves after watching that. Sam Darnold <laughs> looked like a 10-year vet. Um, his pocket awareness. 10-year <laughs> oh vet? Po- listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen,
2: listen. What? Oh please. Oh his third
5: down efficiency, 4 for 4 71 yards and a touchdown. His pocket awareness and mobility looked phenomenal. Ben
2: Roethlisberger.
5: After the interception, how do you, you do not start a game worse than that. That was you a terrible interception.
2: Oh, that was something. <laughs> By the way, that's on the offensive coordinator. That's a horrible play to start. Horrible play.
5: Donald should, no, Donald should not Dar- have thrown yeah, that across his body. Yeah, you can't yeah.
2: be thrown
3: across your body. I don't that was know, the design play. I don't, I don't, play. Watch it I don't know a lot of 10-year veterans that do that.
5: Well, no, no. Listen, after that interception, he had a 141 quarterback rating. He shredded the Lions. He probably would have had better numbers if they didn't kick the crap out of them because he would have been throwing more. Um you know, the coaches had mentioned in the offseason that he doesn't make the same mistake twice, and I think that was evident in the game. He's was incredibly composed. You saw it on the sideline, he's shaking it off. He didn't let that interception derail his team's chance of winning, which you can see with a lot of rookie quarterbacks. He just looks mature, um, and I think a lot of people are telling Jets fans to not get too excited after one game because of our history, but this is different. He's a completely different quarterback. I look for him to take over the AFC East as soon as Tom Brady retires. Mark my words.
4: (laughs) So okay, so I will agree. He looked he looked good. All right, I I have to I have to concede that. But I mean to say that the Browns are kicking themselves when they haven't even seen their rookie quarterback is like preposterous. Um, He can't be better than that though.
2: Baker Mayfield. He was playing.
4: Okay, he was playing the Detroit Lions. Matt Patricia, great defensive coordinator. Well, That's a good not a great head coach. I no, mean, not a great head coach. I, there are reports that that team is in turmoil, that uh, they're not happy with Patricia, and that, you know, it, it really showed that one game. Matt Stafford had an all time terrible performance, but, I mean, the defense gave up 48 points to a team with their top receiver being Rod, Robbie Anderson. I mean, it's to, to assume that. So that, that, that should. Be- to, to assume that beating the crap out of the Lions, who are a bad team, means that, you know, Sam Darnold is the second coming, just sets you up for disappointment when he inevitably plays the Patriots or a real NFL team and then just gets slaughtered.
2: Okay, Tim, I would I would take it back on the Lions there, my friend. That was probably the worst game I've ever seen a football team yes. play by, by the Lions. They were horrible. Matt Stafford was horrible. He looked like the rookie that game. Yes. I will say, Sam Darnold did play composed, did play well, made the throws. But, I mean, when... When your quarterback for Detroit throws four picks, you're giving you're giving the Jets opportunities. When your defense just looks horrible, completely unorganized, no one knows what's going on, to me, that's just a product of week one because I really don't think the Lions are that bad. I think they have decent talent. Patricia, I hope, will figure it out, even though, as Tim said, there are reports that everyone on that team just hates him because he's trying to go out Bill Belichick, which is not going to work because you're not Bill Belichick. Um but to me, I still need to see more of Sam Darnold. Did he make throws? Yes. Should NFL quarterbacks make those throws? Yes, and he made them, and that's what you like.
5: But should a rookie quarterback bounce back like he did after that pick six?
2: Okay, I have to give that to When him. have you
5: seen – Jameis Winston's team fell, okay, apart, but when James Winston fell apart when Okay, Jameis Winston has proven to be happened.
2: a decent NFL quarterback over time, right? Like you still have to wait for Sam Darnold to play a couple games before I'm like, this was a great pick. Yeah, 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 because they went up against a Lions team that was not ready for week one at all. couple things real quick.
1: Nick, I think you have a very good chance of starting 3-0 and because you play the Dolphins and the Browns. You could start 3-0 and and Jets fans would really be standing on top of their head, uh, bouncing off walls, uh, calling this guy Jesus Christ. But <laughs> anywho, uh, going going on top of that, we basically saw the, the full scouting report of San... Darnold in that one game. What did they say coming in? He's turnover prone, right? They right. said that. We saw that on his very first throw. What did they also say? He can be special. And right after he threw that first pick, the guy was special. He is so mobile. He's strong. He's big. He's got a strong arm. I love what I saw from him. I kind of I like his swagger. And to me, I'm kind of rooting for him, even as a Patriots fan. Um, but...
2: Yeah, I, He's got I the think Eli
1: mentality. But. I, I, he does. He does. And the, I
2: don't understand why you think that's a good mentality. This to, man, to play in New York, man you need throws, that mentality. This man throws 20 interceptions a year. But he wins he, two he Super Bowls. two Super Bowls. Carried so. by Hall of Fame defenses.
5: Two Super Bowl MVPs.
2: Hall of Fame defenses, my Makes friend. Makes big throws. Please, not big afraid. Throws. Please not afraid. Not look afraid. at the scores. Please look at the May scores Made two of the games. biggest
5: throws in Super Bowl history. Please, okay. Mm. Just, I mean, come on.
3: Just a note on Darnold. Mm. I remember Nick Heilman telling us after like week six last year how good Josh McCown was when the Jets were playing. Josh Jets. McCown
5: was good last year. Right, wow. He so looked good before he got hurt.
3: Darnold's good, but pump the brakes. He's high risk, high reward. And sometimes he's going to throw a bunch of picks. In. Oh,
5: of course he's going <laughs> to turn the ball over this year. Of course. He might have over 20 interceptions, but he's going to continue. Uh, so he
3: really is like Eli Manning.
5: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hey. I don't, like, but, but he's going to learn from them. He's going to learn from them. He's a smart quarterback. He's got all the makings of a quarterback that's going to be here for the next 10 years. Look, wonder- all, I'm,
2: all I'm saying is week one, I don't really think you can say anything about the performance because anybody could be the Lions. I will.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll ride Thank with you. you, Nick. Thank you. I'm going to ride you with you. You will not regret it. I, I
2: think Darnold is the real deal. You're and not, Darnold has just, some
5: fantastic weapons. You're
2: just going to ignore the fact that the Lions played the worst game of football they've ever played in their life. You know who else was special his rookie season?
1: Who? My comparison, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah.
3: So is Robert Griffin III. That man's a bum now.
1: <laughs> hey, he made the playoffs. New York just needs to get in the playoffs. And like I said, they'll be well, bouncing Well, Sam Darnold is the walls. first
5: quarterback to win his first start by more than uh, 31 points since Tom Brady. You're Tom Brady. They
3: had 21 points off pick sixes and kick and punt returns. So,
5: Do I hear Darnold's
1: so the next Brady? No. no. We're not going <laughs> to go there yet. We're not going to go there yet. All
2: right. All right, so Sam Darnold, excited to see what he does week two. Honestly, I'm a Pats fan, and I'm, I'm probably going to be looking to see what he does. Um, all right, let's talk real quick, guys. Let's go around. Give me your surprise NFL team this year that will make the playoffs that people didn't expect to make the playoffs or win a Super Bowl. Give me your surprise team.
5: The Redskins. I think they looked very efficient against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they got Adrian Peterson, who looked good. If he can stay healthy... If he can put up twenty carries a game, not like just to shoulder the workload as he used to, I think they'll look great. Alex Smith doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't make mistakes. He's a vet. That division is tough, Uh, but but I think the Redskins really just have the makings of a team that can you know beat the Cowboys twice, that can beat the Giants twice. Uh, They got Josh Norman still, they got Jordan Reed, they have Jameson Crowder again, Alex Smith. They got they got veterans everywhere, and I, I just I think they look great against Arizona in Week One.
0: I don't know about Super Bowl contenders, but surprise team to make the playoffs. <sighs> I mean, it's a surprise to everyone else, but I know to be true, the Miami Dolphins. 11-5 <laughs> oh <my laughs> and five this year, official prediction. Uh, they were ranked as the worst team going into the season. They handled the Titans pretty well in the longest NFL game ever. Uh, it was longer when you were watching it. It felt like an eternity. <laughs> um, but they, they played well. Tannehill did his job and he came back and he looked like the same guy which honestly isn't the best news but that team around him is built well and people they're not as bad as everyone has been saying they are next week they're going to face Sam Darnold and uh, they're going to try to upset the new greatest quarterback in NFL history okay (laughs) I will say
2: that the last half of the game was played with Blaine Gabbert at quarterback for exactly. Tennessee. That's what give
0: credit say to Miami that. for getting Mariota out of the game. And by <laughs> oh, the way, when Mariota b- when Mariota was gate. in the game, they were winning. The uh, Gabbert did better than Mariota. Mariota looks not.
5: terrible, by the way. Yeah,
3: looks awful. All right, I'm taking this question a different way. Surprisingly bad NFL team, the Raiders. John Gruden needs to be fired. He's had one. He's had <laughs> Are one. You I, am, I am dead serious. <laughs> one played- game. One game. You have. One hundred million dollars as a coach. You had all summer. Your offense was awful. You traded Khalil Mack, who was the best player on the field this week in the entire NFL. John Gruden should be fired. He
2: is awful. <laughs> I would not go that far. The Rams I, are probably. How did the they pay him a
5: hundred million and they couldn't pay Khalil Mack?
2: That's that's another question. That's
5: <laughs> just it doesn't make any $100 sense. hundred
2: million
3: dollars for a guy who hasn't coached in like ten years. Right.
1: Um, my the- surprise team, Tyler, your boy. Your boy Case Keenum and the Denver Broncos, they looked good. What did Case Keenum do last year? He performed every week, relied on an exceptionally good defense. Um, I like the Broncos. They're built well. Their defense seems to be back, and Case Keenum's going to do well. I also love Kansas City with Mahomes, but we'll save that for another day when he balls out
2: again. All right, well, I'm going to take the the Colts. I think luck comes back. The Colts Colts have a bounce-back year, and they they make the wild-card game this year, coming second in the AFC South Division. I think they're better than Texans.
4: Uh, I don't know if this even counts as a surprise anymore, but I got to go with uh, the Bears. Um, The defense looked amazing, and obviously if they're playing, you know, 28 of the uh, other teams, they probably win that game. I think that Mitch Trubisky, uh, he's not, you know – a superstar but he'll, He's he'll no be able Sam to, Darnold. he'll be able no, to get the job done <laughs> and uh, I think that the Bears are gonna are gonna be good I'll be honest with you when they acquired Mac I mean I was like what are you doing you know I, I didn't think that they were ready to compete but I was very surprised with the performance that they put up
2: all right well that's gonna wrap up episode one of dorm room sports talk uh, sophomore year up here it is lit um, we'll catch you guys next week Adios. Peace. Bye-bye. Sam Darnold.